Lord, everyone. Amen. We're going to, at this time, let the kids be dismissed to Sunday school. Amen. Sister Cameron is there in the back. Amen. So for all the children, amen. I would like to go to Sunday school. Amen. Sister Cameron is back there. We want you to be a part of that. Have a great time. Amen. Amen. For the rest of us, I'm going to invite you to stand with me for the read of the word. Amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of Daniel, chapter number three. Daniel, chapter three, and verse number one. And while you're turning there, amen, it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's wonderful to see. Amen. Um, I, I'm especially honored, amen, that my neighbor Daniel, he's here again this morning. Amen. And, uh, come to enjoy his friendship. Amen. Uh, you know, what it shows me really is that God puts people in your life. A lot of times you may not know why. Amen. But God has a reason for it. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Sister Nancy's got some friends or family back there. We want you know. Amen. We're glad you're with us. Amen. And we want you to feel welcome in the house of the Lord. Amen. And of course, we love Star. Amen. All her kids. <laughs> Amen. They're, they're a blessing from the Lord. Amen. Uh, I only have two, and I, I need reminding that they're a blessing from the Lord sometimes. Because, you know, things get a little hectic and crazy with kids running and screaming. We only got one running, but they got them both screaming. It's, it's hard to keep your wits sometimes. Amen. And uh, again, they're a blessing from the Lord. The Bible says that. Uh, they shall contend with the enemy in the gates. Talking about the, the children that we bring forth. Amen. And what that tells me is uh, one of these days they're going to be fighting for us. Amen. The kids that we spent the time and energy investing in and uh, depositing truths of the word of God into their lives. Amen. It will come back to help us and to be a blessing to our lives. Amen. If we've done it. Uh, in the right way unto the Lord. Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 1. If you have it, shout amen. amen. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits or 90 feet and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces. These are the movers and the shakers of the world. Amen. These are the ruling class. Amen. That are all there. Those of high esteem in the government. They are all there. And all the rulers of the provinces. To come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Verse 3 says, Then the princes, the governors and captains, the judges, the treasurers and counselors, the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, 
sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. It is said that Babylon was the most powerful nation on the face of the earth at this time. And according to the dream that Daniel interpreted in chapter 2, amen, was the head of gold or the top, amen, of all the, all the succeeding nations. Babylon was the most powerful and the most, uh, the most uh, influential uh, that would ever be on the face of the earth. But if you skip over to verse 14 of the same chapter, just a few verses later, for the sake of time, it says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, these are the three Hebrew boys that refused to bow down, amen, amongst all of those that were in attendance on this day. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor, wor nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time? Amen. He begins to give them another opportunity to compromise and to bow down and worship the false god that was placed before them. Now if ye be ready, that at what time? Ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And he began to offer an issue, a challenge. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. And then verse 18 says, But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Hallelujah. Maybe they begin to get a little bit sarcastic. Amen. And this maybe was a thing that began to set Nebuchadnezzar off a little bit more because the Bible says in verse 19, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men, amen, in today's age, it, maybe it was the Navy SEALs or the most biggest and the baddest that they could find, amen, on the face of the earth. And they picked those choice men and they began to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Stay with me for a few more verses. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, before, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just a few more verses. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And then verse four, verse 25, And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And amen, the form of the fourth, or the fourth man is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. I want to preach for a few moments on this Sunday morning on the fourth man. Hallelujah. The fourth man. Set your Bibles down and help me pray. Amen. God, would you have your way in this house this morning? God, I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to fall upon each and every one of us. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, that I felt yesterday in prayer and this morning, God, in seeking your face. I pray, God, make it plain, make it evident, and may there be divine transformation. May there be transformational shift that happens in this house. God, it will not fail to give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and clap unto the Lord before you're seated and worship the Lord. Oh, would you lift your voice and would you begin to lift your voice and praise the name of the Lord. God, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's do that again. Come on, let's clap and worship the Lord with all of our hearts. Worthy God of praise and worship today. Worthy Lord of all the honor and all the glory. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to need a few people to help me preach this morning. Help me lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. amen. Someone shout hallelujah. 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 In the preceding chapters of this book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible said, had a dream of a great image. Amen. It, found, it is found in Daniel chapter 2 and verses 31 through 35. Let me read it for a moment. As I lay a foundation for this message this morning. Amen. Daniel begins to talk to King Nebuchadnezzar. He says, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. And he says to the king, Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together. And became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Daniel would go on to tell the king Nebuchadnezzar that Babylon was that image of gold. 
Amen. He would tell the king, Amen, that while you are the head of gold, that represents the kingdom that you're ruling over, Babylon. Amen. There's going to be some subsequent and some succeeding nations and governments that come onto the scene and they're going to follow after you, which means that there's going to be an end to your reign. Hallelujah. And it would seem, amen, on the surface that this was the only thing that Nebuchadnezzar, amen, could remember. Amen. That there was going to be succeeding nations and he did not want that. Amen. He wanted to rule the face of the earth for as long as humanly possible. And it is this presupposition that brings us to Daniel chapter number 3. And it begins to tell us just the very next few verses from what we just read. That the king Nebuchadnezzar said, that's it. I'm going to build an image of solid gold that's going to be 90 feet tall in the air. And it's going to be 9 feet wide or so. And I'm going to command every influential person in this kingdom and in my government to come before this great image. They're going to all fill this outdoor amphitheater, if you will. They're going to all bow down to the image of gold that I made. Hallelujah. In Nebuchadnezzar's mind, he said, I want to make sure that my kingdom never ends and there is obeisance paid to my ruling authority in their lives. This revelation of succeeding kingdoms to Babylon, it unsettled Nebuchadnezzar. And he, this was the thing that would cause him to build this image as a way to elevate his kingdom and authority and to ensure his unimpeded reign. I'm here to tell you today that no matter what tools that the enemy would use, amen, to assert their authority, amen, when it comes to the people of God, they they render themselves powerless, weakless, amen. They are nothing unless God gives them the authority and the power to execute judgment on the face of the earth. I live in a day, you live in a day when governments are ruling, amen, contrary to amendment, amen, your first amendment and every other thing on the face of the earth. And they're trying, they've tried their very best to shut down churches. They've tried their very best to silence the pulpit and to stop people from coming and filling the pew or the chairs in the sanctuary. But when it comes to the final authority, there is a fourth man that walks in the fire with the people of God. The Bible says in the words of Nebuchadnezzar, like unto the Son of God. Hallelujah. My title this morning is the fourth man. Hallelujah. Because though there may be just a few in this place. Amen. And though, amen, even to the Elijah servant, it seemed like they were surrounded. It seemed like they were uh, surrounded on every side. Amen. The Bible says that once upon a time, Elijah prayed for his servant that his eyes would be opened and that he could see exactly what was happening in the environment around them. And after Elijah prayed, the Bible says that Elijah's servant, his eyes were opened and he saw the host of angels surrounding the enemy that surrounded them. I'm here to tell somebody in the fear of God tonight, hallelujah, that there is another army that surrounds this church. Hallelujah, it's not the United States Army. It's not the Chinese Army. It's not the Russian Army. It is the Army of God. There is an army of hosts. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And when you think that you're walking down the road all by yourself, and you might think that God forgot your name and doesn't know what you're going through, and does God really know, amen, what I'm experiencing internally right now, I'm here to remind you, amen, that God is with you today. God is with you today. Amen. This story in Daniel chapter 3 gives us a few uh, things to learn as we study the scriptures. One of which is that the natural man or humanity has within their hearts an inclination to worship something that's greater than themselves. Amen. The people there in Babylon had an inclination to worship something. Because each and every one of us, whether we're honest with ourselves or not, even has to come to grips with the fact that there is a greater force, a greater power on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. There's got to be more to this life than what I'm looking at right now. There is an inclination in the heart of people to worship something. And people that, uh, amen, uh, fail in their understanding of the Almighty God oftentimes give themselves over to the worship of sports idols. And they say, we're going to bow at the altar of the sports idols. And we're going to pay obeisance because those guys are greater than us. And they're more powerful than us. And look at the physique that they have. And look at their ability. And then we, we mitigate our own power potential when we worship the sports idols of this world. Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we put ourselves down and we think that we're, we're, we're just ordinary, common people. Hallelujah. We don't have the extraordinary talents and abilities that those people have. Or maybe it's the, the movie stars and the rock stars. And, and we, we tend to want to worship something that's greater than ourselves. Hallelujah. But because there's an inclination in the heart of man and woman to worship something greater than ourselves. The other thing that is uh, revealed in Scripture is that the natural man craves for a visible manifestation of God. Hallelujah. The natural man craves for something visible to worship. And in this this particular scenario and chapter of the Bible, it was a 90-foot tall golden image that Nebuchadnezzar built. But there was a craving in the heart of people for a visible manifestation of God. And these elements in the hearts of people, you and I have got to understand. Because it becomes imperative for the people of God to tell somebody else there is a God. Hallelujah. Uh, Muhammad is not God. Hare Krishna is not God. The Pope is not God. Amen. All of these sports idols, they're not God. Madonna's not God. Amen. All these uh, movie stars and rock stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not God. He might think he's a God, but he's not God. Hallelujah. But you and I have got to tell the world that there is a God who is able to heal, to save, to deliver. He can pull. Hallelujah. Somebody out of body, claim sin. Hallelujah, he took this man right here. 
then you go back to your problems. You say, that was a good movie. That was a good show. That was whatever it would be. But I'm going back to problems in my life. But an encounter with God will, ra- re- will revolutionize, will radically transform your life. And the world around us is craving for a visible manifestation of God. You know what speaks to them, I believe, Sister Michelle, pretty loudly? People in this community. When perhaps, and there's not a whole lot of foot traffic or drive people that drive by this street. It's not a very busy street. But I can't help but wonder if people drive by the church and they see cars in the parking lot and cars on the street side. And they think. Those people are crazy. We're in a pandemic. And they don't have any fear. They're in church. Oh my Lord, they're not even wearing masks. What are they doing? You know what we are? We're a visible representation of of Jesus Christ in this world. And the, the world should be able to look at this church. Amen. And people in this church and say, I want to be able to live life like you again. At once upon a time, I used to live life without fear. Amen. I used to live life trusting the Lord. Whatever the situation. But there's a church. Amen. That stands tall and stands resolute. And says, no, no matter what may happen in this world. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in the Lord. And the only way you and I can gather together in this place without fear, without worry, without anxiety. Is we know there's a fourth man in the fire. There's a fourth man with us. Like unto the Son of God. And he's with us today. No matter what you're going through. No matter what you're dealing with in your life. Amen. God is with you today. Hallelujah. You've got his spirit on the inside. He's walking with you. He's walking in you. And he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another comforter. Hallelujah. And I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That that God of heaven took residence in my heart. Took residence in my life. One thing that we begin to see, amen, from Daniel chapter 3 is that these men had great faith in the power of God. They believed that God could deliver them, amen, from the uh, punishment of the greatest military might on the face of the earth. They looked at the most powerful man on the face of the earth, the king Nebuchadnezzar, amen, the king of Babylon. And they said, we're not careful to answer you, O Nebuchadnezzar. Our God is able to deliver us. But let me tell you something else. Just in case he doesn't, uh, we're still not going to worship your God. Amen. Because there is a conviction in my spirit that I've got to obey God rather than man. And when you step out in faith and you step out to obey the voice of God and to be in alignment with the word of God, I'm going to tell you, honey, God stands with you. He's with you today. He's with us. These young men had a dogged determination to do what was right regardless of the cost. Be it, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God. 
thy gods. And this church has got to get there even more so with the dog determination. No matter what the cost, I'm going to serve the Lord. I, I will admit to you, it's easy for us to say these things right now in America. It's easy for me to stand here and say that as an American citizen. It's a whole other thing, amen, to be a Chinese citizen in the country of China and to say, we're going to go to church. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to live for God. Even when it's contradicting the directives of our government. Uh, I shared something on my social media just yesterday about a uh, a minister that visited a church in China and how he began to talk to these leaders in China in an underground church. And he said, what happens to me if, if we get caught here in church today? They said, oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours. And he said, what happens to you if, you, if we get caught here? He said, oh, we'll go to prison for three years. And he asked the group of leaders there in China, he said, how many of you have been in prison for your faith? And he said, 18 of the 20 or so raised their hands. They had been in prison for their faith. Many of them didn't have Bibles, but they knew more scripture verses than we could quote. It's easy again for us to, to stand here and to say these things in America in 2021. But if the day ever comes when we're persecuted for our faith, we've got to count it all joy. And we've got to thank God. And we've got to stand tall and stand true to our convictions. You know what this story teaches us? Is that faithfulness to God is required irrespective of consequences. Faithfulness to God is required irrespective of your consequences. For some people, amen, serving the Lord means to break off an ungodly relationship. For some people today, serving the Lord means to throw away, amen, your cigarettes and your drugs and your alcohol. For some people today, serving the Lord, amen, it means to to do away with uh, networks and connections that that hinder you and to to unfollow people on social media. For, For some people, amen, serving the Lord has greater consequences than others. And they've got to correct errors in their lives. Hallelujah. But everything and every step you take, amen, and sacrifice unto the Lord, amen, God will reward it and God will provide for you and God will make a way. Hallelujah. God is faithful and God will see every sacrifice and every commitment. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm reminded of my parents' story. Amen. As my mother found the Lord many years ago and she was dating my father at the time. And she said, you know what? I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm sorry, but I can't go out with you anymore. We've got to end the relationship. She was willing to take a stand for what she believed was right. And in the process of time, amen, my father began to tell my mother about how that he was a backslider and how he used to preach the gospel. He even went to Bible college as a young person. And all this stuff began to come out of his life. And he began to weep. And amen, and God began to work on his life. But the sacrifice that my mother was willing to make, hallelujah, God saw the 
sacrifice. God saw the dog determination to lay hold to that which is true, to that which is faithful, and not let anything stop her. And God rewarded her with a preacher for a man, for a husband. Your commitment to living for the Lord is not a commitment as many think to life of celibacy and being a eunuch all your life. It's not a your commitment to live for God is not a commitment to poverty. Your commitment to live for God is not a is a life uh, that is committed to living in a convent, amen, with foregoing all of the uh, all of the things in this life that you can enjoy as a person. But rather, amen, it is to say, God, I'm putting those things into your hands. And you bless me as you see fit, God. And God knows how to bless people. God knows how to make a way for people. God knows how to come through. And God knows how to give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. These three Hebrew boys, as they stood before the king, and they said, we're not going to bow. Amen. It looked like their life was on the line. But they said, God, our commitment to live for you is more important than our physical life. God said, I'm going to give you a little bit more life than you ever realized and thought was possible. Hallelujah. And no matter how upset the king Nebuchadnezzar got, and no matter how powerful he was, he was still powerless against the people of God. Hallelujah. No matter how much hell gets mad at this church congregating, no matter how much hell gets mad at you coming to church and lifting up your hands and worshiping the Lord, no matter how mad hell gets or the government gets, amen, they can't steal the joy of the Holy Ghost because the world can get it and the world can't take it away. Someone shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands into the Lord and give the Lord praise today. Come on, clap your hands and worship the Lord today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Many of us deal with situations in life. And our prayer is, God, deliver me from the fire. I'm facing a trial. I'm facing the fiery trials that are to try me. Deliver me, God, from this situation. God, would you, maybe the, maybe the three Hebrew boys, maybe a prayer that they thought about praying was, God, send your angels right now and, and stop this whole debacle and pull us out of here. Cause us to disappear. We don't want to have to deal with this. Amen. God, deliver us from this situation. But God didn't deliver them from the fire. God's power was greater and his plan was more comprehensive for their lives and for the nation and the people of God and the people in the kingdom of Babylon. God said, it's more expedient for me, amen, to allow you to go through the fire because as you walk into the fire, I'm going to separate, hallelujah, what is man-made and what is, amen, spirit-led. I'm going to draw a line of distinction between the armies of the people and the armies of God. I'm going to draw a line of distinction between true strength and grit and what is, amen, full of the Holy Ghost said children of the Most High God. Hallelujah. And as God said, I'm going to let you go into the fire.
able to help you go through your storm, through your situation, that you might be refined, that you might be delivered, amen, of all mentalities that bound you and things that held you back because it was in the fire that they were loosed of the things that bound them. It was in the fire, amen, that they saw, amen, that God was with them. It was in the fire that Nebuchadnezzar saw. That's where his power stopped. And that's where God started. It was in the fire, amen, that God revealed himself to a world full of idolatrous people. And God wants to make his name great here in Lathrop and in the San Joaquin Valley. God wants to make his name great in this place. But we're going to go through some fire. You know what? It's not even a matter of if we go through fire. We're going to go through some fire. We're going to go through some storms, Brother Noah. It's going to test the resolve. Are you serious about living for God? Or is it mom's religion? Are you serious about living for God? Or is it your pastor's religion? Are you serious about this thing called Jesus and this thing called church? Are you willing to lay your life on the line? Hallelujah. No matter the sacrifice that you and I have to make, God is going to be with you. And with me. While leaving us in the world. He can still protect us from the evil of it. And though unlike the three Jews. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We may suffer pain in the furnace of affliction. Amen. This may do us no harm. But rather work for our highest good. Because God allowed the fire in their lives. Amen. To do greater good in the kingdom of Babylon. Amen. God was speaking to the most powerful man on the face of the earth, Nebuchadnezzar. He spoke to him twice through Daniel in chapter 2 and through the three Hebrew boys in chapter number 3. And God was communicating. If you read your Bible, God was actually reaching for Nebuchadnezzar. God wanted to see Nebuchadnezzar saved. God wanted to, amen, there to be some change and repentance in Nebuchadnezzar's heart. And nobody is without, amen, God reaching for them and God trying to pull them from their idolatrous ways. God reached for Nebuchadnezzar. God reached for Belteshazzar. God reached for his, the, the sons. God reached for uh, King Darius. God reached for all the kings of the Bible. He reached for them. And he's reaching for someone here this morning. You can't hide behind your cloak, amen, of royalty, Nebuchadnezzar. God sees you're still human. And you still need him. We need to pray that God would start saving these leaders in our world. Sure, it would be a lot better, amen, if certain people weren't in leadership and in government. But what would be even better is if we prayed, God, would you please save our governor of this great state of California? He's got a soul that needs saving, God. He's lost without God. God, save our president. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. Whatever it takes, God. God, save our mayor. God, do a work in this 
in this country, in this state, in this in this local God area. God, do a work in this place. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. The other thing that the fire revealed to the three Hebrew boys was that God was with them the entire time. Amen. You know, you don't realize, and we don't often realize how close God is until we're in the fire. Right. And we're walking through the storms of life. And everything was good, and everything seemed hunky-dory, everything seemed perfectly fine, everything was dandy, until we begin to get into a storm situation. And we begin to call out to God, and we begin to find out in the storm, He's still with me. But He needed me to get to a place where I would have to, everything else would just fade away into the background, and all I could see was where my help was coming from. Hallelujah. The three Hebrew boys were looking for nothing. They weren't looking for another Big Mac in the middle of the fiery furnace. They weren't looking for a brand new car in the fiery furnace. Their focus began to be very, very, amen, focused. It began to become very, very narrow. They began to focus on the Lord. God, we're going to get, we're getting thrown. They're grabbing me behind. They're putting my hands behind my back. They're tying me with zip ties, my hands and feet, God. And they're grabbing me, these big burly men. And they're throwing us into the fire, God. If you don't do something now, God, we're all going to perish. We're all going to die. Hallelujah. God, you've got to do something. And in that moment of fiery trial, when you begin to reach out to him, and you begin to say, God, right now I need you to touch my situation. Your focus is put squarely upon the Lord. And in that moment, amen, their eyes begin to be opened. And they begin to see something that they did not realize was there a fourth man walking with them in the fire like unto the Son of God. Amen. The fire revealed the difference between true strength. Between the most mighty men that were in the army of Nebuchadnezzar versus a few of God's children. Again, we oftentimes don't think of ourselves in proper light. We think, oh, I'm just Gina Mariha. I'm just Nathaniel Caleb Camarina. I'm just, I'm just an ordinary guy. And they've got all this power. They've got all this authority, people in the world. But I have a walk with the Lord. I have a direct connection to the Lord. I know how to pray, Sister Gina. I know how to get a hold of God. I know how to touch God when it matters and when it counts. I know how to get into God's presence. And that very ability that you might amen, hold and weld within your power to know how to get a hold of God and know where to go when you've got troubles. Get to the house of God. Reach out to God. is something that this world does not have the ability to do. Hallelujah. Because they trust, as the Bible says, in horses and in chariots. But we shall remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. The most powerful people on the face of the earth in 2021 is still a people that know how to pray, that know how to call on God, that know how to read their Bible, that know how to listen to the voice of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall receive power. Would you stand with me here this morning? I'm, clo- I'm closing. 
Hebrews chapter 13 and, five, and verse 5, a portion of that verse says, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew 28 and verse 20, a portion of the verse says, And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Though hell rages in 2021, God wants this church to have the understanding that there's a fourth man that's going to walk with you. He's going to walk with us. We may stand here if the Lord tarries on December 31st, 2021, and this church may look entirely different. No matter what happens between now and December 31st, there's going to be a fourth man that walks alongside you. There's going to be a fourth man that says, I'm going to go with you to the fire. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to allow you to go through things that I won't go through with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to, I'm going to back up my people as they stand upon the unadulterated word of God. But there's one final thing I want to call out here this morning. You say, well, how do I get this fourth man walking with me and moving in my life? How do I make sure that in this path of life, on this rough and rugged terrain that we're about to be on in 2021, how can I be sure that that fourth man's going to walk with me in the fire. Sure, Pastor, I'll do what's right, but I've got to know, is he with me or is he not with me? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Turn away from sins. Turn your back on the world. Turn your back on everything that you thought was right before and begin to follow God. Repent, godly sorrow. God, I'm turning away from my sins and I'm going to live to please the Lord all the days of my life. I will repent of my ways. I will repent of my behaviors, of the way that I've lived, the way that I've talked, the way that the actions I've done. I'm going to repent of those. And I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. This is what the Bible plainly declares. Repent, every one of you. Amen. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. A man and a woman, a boy or girl, that's repenting of their sins. That's been water baptized in Jesus' name. Got the name of Jesus upon their life. And and is filled the Holy Ghost. Has his spirit, his presence within them. And you get his spirit within you. And you begin to speak in tongues. He takes residence on the inside of your heart. And no matter where you go. No matter what course life takes you. The fourth man is with me. The fourth man, like unto the Son of God, he's with me today. Is there anybody here this morning that says, you know what? There's a component there that I want in my life. I want to either repent 
and or be baptized in Jesus' name and or receive the Holy Ghost. If there's anybody here today that says, I want that today, preacher. I, I want to invite you to come to this altar area right now. Amen. I'm going to take a few moments in this place. Amen. For anybody that says, I, I want to repent today. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want the Holy Ghost in my life. Hallelujah. I'm giving an opportunity for somebody that says, I want what God has for me. I want to make sure that that fourth man in the fire is walking with me today. Hallelujah. There's an opportunity for somebody here to to make that choice, make that commitment, to make that step, that courageous step, and get out from where you are and come to an altar and say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I want to be water baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, church, lift your hands with me. Let's pray right now. Come on, would you lift your hands and your voice and your hearts and would you help me pray? God, right now, in the name of Jesus, would you touch every heart? Would you touch every life today? God, I pray that your presence, your spirit and power, God, would work right now in the hearts of men and women. Holy Ghost, come on, lift your voice with me. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, reach out to the Lord. Reach out to the Lord. Reach out to the Lord. God, I pray, Lord, you would help somebody in this house to understand that you want to walk in them. You want to remit, remove, and wash away every sin. You want to take a repentant heart and turn their life completely around. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, there's still an opportunity for somebody to come. Somebody to come to step out from where they are and 